Hey, hey, we're we're live, Taylor. Yeah, what are you we're doing? here. I know we've been working on this for a minute. Yeah, not maybe like eighteen minutes or something, but uh, <laughs> let me it's get been my... fifteen years in the making. I know, I know. Well, I'm excited to do this with you, man. Let me get my screen right so it doesn't look so weird. Um, but uh, but yeah, so right now we're so welcome. If you're watching this on a replay, welcome to the Real Investing Show with Taylor Davis and Stephen Earp. Or is it Stephen Earp and Taylor Davis? We can go alphabetical. That's fine. We okay. go first name or last name alphabetical, though. I'm going to say Taylor Davis and Stephen Earp. And <laughs> so, I won't stop you there. Yeah. So I, this is the first time I've done this. I've gone live a lot with, um, you know, with uh, church and pastoring and Bible Q&A. But this right. is my first time with anything related to... Uh, real estate investing, but, uh, so, but, uh, before we do, we got to actually do this officially. So let's see, let me see. We have a video. So if you guys are ready, if you're ready, type in the comments, I'm ready. Here we go. Here we go. Are you ready to start Taylor? Let's do this. Okay. Now it's official. Now it's official. This is episode one of how many? And we do have like four people watching. Those of you who are watching right now, I have to say one day you will look back and you will go, when this when this podcast video live stream started, I was there. I was there, I was there in the very beginning. And so, uh, so anyway, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about real estate. So first of all, uh, you and I have known each other how long now? About 15 years. Yeah. So 2008, I think. 2008. So let's... Let's give a little bit of a little bit of story. We can just reminisce. We yeah. can wax nostalgic. How did we how did we meet? What was I doing? What were you doing? So uh, as I recall, you were investing in real estate. Uh, mm-hmm. as an investor, I had was had recently gotten my real estate license and I was calling for sell by owners to list mm-hmm. them in uh, the worst down market we'd ever seen. And uh, I did I was a hustler, but I didn't have a lot of systems and processes. So uh, I think I just kept calling you and you finally were like, we need to grab coffee. And <laughs> I was like, yes, we do. And you need to list your houses with me. And then we ended up deciding to partner together instead. So, yeah. Um, yeah so I actually, what do you, did you say it was 2008? It was 2008. 2008 is when I got my real estate license. So that's when I started calling you. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I was at the time. I was buying and selling houses and I had construction crew maybe or a couple. I don't, I think. I think you were getting started in that, but I think at that point you were mostly just, just wholesaling. If I remember okay. correctly. And, and well, so I actually had, I remember the house you called on or you called on more than one house. <laughs> I think I called on a couple. You called on more than one house. I I'd actually had um, at least a couple houses that were completed construction. Because okay. I remember specifically one house you called on and, uh, and at the time, well, first of all, uh, we should have told a little bit about what we do now and who we are, I guess. Sure. Let's do that and then jump back to that. So tell us who, who you are, who is Jay Taylor Davis and what do you do now? I am a real estate investor and run a real estate team. I run a real estate team at Keller Williams where we serve over a hundred families a year selling okay. houses. Uh, last year we closed 104 units okay. and, uh, and 
we uh, so so there's that part of it. I operate and own and operate Airbnbs as well. So I have a portfolio of Airbnbs, okay. and uh, and then we we do flips and and things like that as well. Just just wow. ventured into my first uh, solo commercial project. So cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so uh, Norman, Oklahoma. Yep, Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, OKC Metro. Okay. Yeah. Um, married kids. Yeah. Uh, married for, uh, 11, go, uh, May actually next week, next week wow. will be oh, May 7th. So a little over a week, I guess next two weeks from now, uh, yeah. it'll be 11 years and, yeah. uh, got three wonderful kids, seven, five, and three. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, still, even though I have three kids, I'm still the one with the fewest kids on this podcast. Yes, you are. Tell me a little bit about you. Okay, so I, um, yeah, Stephen Earp. I've mainly been a. I started uh, buying and selling houses when I was like nineteen, um, but it was always a side thing until it was always a side thing for me. Um, until recently, now it's a you know primary thing for me. But um, but uh, but yeah, my wife and I were married for twenty eight years. Um, I'm a widow, uh, widow, widower with the the male version. Yeah, uh, my, my wife passed away about uh, coming up on 18 months ago now, um, yep. 2020 December. I have five kids. They range in age from 29 down to 20. And I have five grandkids. And they're uh, amazing. Way better than kids. I would trade in all five of my kids <laughs> for any one of my grandkids. Uh, and so I'm 47. Um, in many ways, uh, starting over in life, I had, uh, I'd been a bivocational pastor. And if anyone's listening, that doesn't know what that means. Bivocational means like in the ministry world. So I was a Christian pastor, um, for a lot of years, um, like 28 years. And, and then I bought sold houses on the side and was involved in businesses on the side. Uh, and then, uh, uh anyway, so I'm no longer involved in ministry. Um, kind of starting over after my wife died and got back involved in real estate and you and I've stayed connected through the years. And so I'm really excited about yeah. this season. I'm enjoying this season a lot. I'm thankful for it. And so that's kind of a little bit about me. So five kids, five grandkids and, and, uh, yeah, so we bought, a, bought and sold a couple of houses last year and have a couple under contract and I'm chasing after a couple now. And, and so, um, so yeah. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm excited about doing more with you in, in, especially in the commercial space, you know, especially uh, commercial and multifamily space and stuff. And I'm really excited about this podcast because I literally, uh, saw somebody post on Facebook the other day. What is something that you could talk about for 30 minutes without preparing? And my answer was real estate investing like that. Is, without a doubt, like yeah, that is, that's I, the one, I mean, I can jump into philosophical conversations and other conversations too, but that's the one that I can get up with no preparation and thoroughly enjoy discussion 100%, 100% so. agree i'm the same i love it so much i'm excited about it even if no one ever watches um or ever, even if no one ever listens it'll be super fun for me anyway but uh, so what so, is it about real estate yeah that geeks you out that's so funny i was gonna ask you that i i like everything about it first of all like i so i like the I like the control side from an investment perspective. I like that you can buy a real asset. Yep. Um, that that has actual value. So, like, you know, if you, I don't know if anybody, 
I mean, the value of our dollar, like we, we keep printing more dollars and things like that. And so, um, so like they're not making any more real estate in the world. Um, pretty much we have what we have. And so it's a real, it's a hard asset. So no matter what happens with cash, no matter what happens with the economy, people always are going to have to have a place to live and real estate is not going anywhere. So I like that. I also like that you can buy an asset that already has equity in it. So meaning like if you're buying mutual funds or stocks, paying market value. Yep. You're paying market value. And then you're, um, you're either holding it long-term or you are, uh, presuming upon the future that it's going to have future value, right. which it may or may not. But with real estate, you can you can buy something under value, knowing that you already have some equity in it. So I like that. I like that you can control it with construction. Like you can slap a coat of paint on it and it's worth more. You put a roof on it, it's worth more. Yep. Um, I like you the creative for, aspect. You can't yeah. do forced appreciation on a stock. No. Right? Unless you're the controlling interest of that business, right. there's no way that you can put a forced appreciation on something. Right. And so yeah. Talk, what about you? What, what is it that you like about real estate? Uh, everything um, <laughs> is the short answer. I, I really do. Uh, there, uh, I, I would say that my favorite thing about it is, you know, my passion and it's literally on my wall is help people create wealth through real estate. Oh, and nice. that is uh there is something, so, you know, going back to my background, even before we met, you know, growing up, I grew up in a, impoverished and below poverty level and great parents that cared. Um, they were just ignorant and, and they'll tell you that they just did not have financial literacy. And yeah. uh, so for me, sometime in my teens, I just decided that that was not going to be the path for me. Uh, yeah. The path for me, I, I wanted to change the trajectory of my family um, it, it, through wealth building. And yeah. um, and to me, the path of least resistance seemed like real estate. It was where uh, mo almost all millionaires are invested in real estate in one way or another. So, mm -hmm. hey, if that's the way that a lot of people are doing this, let's go down this path. What yeah. I love about real estate is it allows the common man, the common mm -hmm. person, to uh, grow their financial literacy in a in a pretty secure manner. Uh, there's there's multiple exit strategies. There's multiple ways to create wealth through real estate, um, and you can do it while being fairly secure in your positioning. Uh, where you know with with other you know high upside opportunities, there's oftentimes a pretty high upside risk. And um, you can you can learn ways to mitigate that risk, especially, um, you know, especially through, you know, early on and through single family, there's so many different exit opportunities. And then you can learn from there and, and it's scalable. Like I can mm -hmm. learn at uh, a very base level uh, with mm -hmm. whether that's through my personal home uh, or my very first single family rental, but that that knowledge scales to where mm -hmm. you can take a lot of that and go to larger multifamily or move into commercial. And uh, while there are nuances and changes in that, mm -hmm. and it is different, you get a lot of that same base model, and you have a foundation to build off of. Um, yeah. And if you read Rich Dad Poor Dad. 
It's mm-hmm. about financial literacy. It's not okay. about the cash out. It's about learning how to create wealth. No, it's good. You mentioned something. You mentioned the rich dad, poor dad. What is that? When you rent, you mentioned rich dad, poor dad, just in passing, like a throwaway statement. Oh, that's like, true. Maybe someone listening or watching doesn't know what that is. So okay. what is rich? Dad, poor so dad, and I, why I listen to a lot of real estate podcasts. And one of the things that, that I find fascinating is uh, on real estate podcasts, a lot of the times they'll ask, you know, what's the book that influenced you or what, you know, how did you get in this? And it's almost surprising when someone doesn't mention that. Now, a lot of the times people will mention another book and they'll say, well, of course, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and dot, dot, dot. Rich Dad, yeah. Poor Dad uh, is a book by Robert Kiyosaki that I've read four times uh, and, and I'm ready to read again. And it is it it is a way of looking at money differently. And it's it's how people with wealth look at money and he breaks it down in just a a way that is manageable and understandable and gives some real life examples. And, uh, and the principles that you walk away with from that book are, um, life-changing or can be, if you allow them to, to really influence your decisions. Yeah. So, um, I don't know how much we want to talk personal stuff. So if you don't like this, we can delete later, but um, you were, you're homeschooled. Yeah. And what, let's see, like when I met you, you were, were you like, you were like 18 or 19? I was 20. I, I just, yeah, I just turned 20. And you were eight, you were 20 and you were, uh, you were hustling as a, uh, as a real estate agent. Yep. And you had already read Rich Dad, Poor Dad at that point, or. I, I believe that <laughs> I had, um, or I had started it which yeah. sounds more like what I would have done back then. Um, so I, I had a, at least a, some knowledge of it. And yeah. I remember reading it again while you and I worked together. And the first time I read it, there were actually aspects of it that I really disagreed with. And, um, you know, certain points that were made or, or kind of the way his rich dad went about um, teaching him certain things that I felt very uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and having read it a few times and having read it with, um, some experience yeah. in financial education now, uh, yeah. it really, it's amazing how on point that book is. Yeah. So how did you, um, so, um, Oklahoma, uh, homeschool family, yeah. like how did you, how did you first engage in like the entrepreneurial interests, the investing interests, the business, the selling, like, why did you not do the college route? Why did you? Yeah. Uh, all right. So backstory. So my, um, I was homeschooled. I was actually homeschooled all the way through. Um, and, uh, so did you like, you have like the suspenders and like the the high water pants and like an, an awkward, let's look you walk into the store everybody's like oh that's a homeschool kid you're one of those guys or yeah so actually one of the greatest compliments i could receive is i didn't know you were homeschooled i'm like thank you Uh, (laughs) because i already mentioned it yeah no but it's uh there is there's definitely a social piece there that that um can be missed uh my parents i feel like did a very uh, they did a they did a good job with the education. They did a really good job with the socialization, um, yeah. which I think is necessary for a successful 
person uh, to, yeah. to learn those pieces as well. Um, but the my my parents definitely always has specifically my mom always had more of an entrepreneurial mindset. And while they while they failed at a lot of things and, and didn't see a lot of success, they had the drive. They had the curiosity. They had the the I'm going to go get something. I'm going to go after this and, and had several, uh, businesses and, and, and I've had, so I've had that spirit my whole life. In fact, as a, as a kid growing up, I, I will, I wasn't afforded a lot of kind of more normal things. So like if I wanted to go to church camp, I paid for it myself. So, so I remember at, uh, I think I was 12 years old. Yeah. 12 or 13, I wanted to go to this summer camp. It was going to cost uh, $125 and I needed, um, I, I wanted a t-shirt and then money for concessions or whatever while I was there. Uh, I had my own money to pay for it that I had saved up, but I didn't want to tap into that money. So I actually went to Walmart and I bought a bunch of those little portable fans, you know, the little dollar fans. Yeah. I took them to summer camp and I sold them at summer camp in July in Oklahoma where it's 115 degrees. Uh, okay. You stuck that's it soon, didn't you? Yeah. I sold them for, uh, I, I think $10 a piece and I bought them for a dollar a piece yeah, and I man. paid, I paid for my shirt. My, my, yeah. you know, when you, when you Come on, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So when you, you start to, you, you learn to uh, think in a creative manner if you don't have something. And I think that was one of the benefits that I actually had. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. I love that. So did your parents encourage you like to read entrepreneurial stuff or? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and they all, you know, one of the things that they did well was talk about how poorly they did. Um, and some of the decisions that they made that were bad decisions. And, and so they were pretty open and honest about that, which gave me the opportunity to go, Hey, I don't, I don't want that. What, you know, I need to do something different. And, uh, so yeah, I've always had that kind of entrepreneurial piece. Yeah. That's awesome. But, yeah. And then you, so um, teen years, high school years, the, so entrepreneurial drive came super early for you. And yeah. then the real estate, by the time I met you at 20, you were already doing a real estate thing. So how did you, when did you decide to get involved in real estate? So this sounds, and, and, and I actually checked this later in life because I thought, man, that's not really a story that's, that you should say. Because yeah. money tends to have... Um, there tends to be a negative uh, uh, attitude toward the desire of more wealth or there yeah. can be. Um, and, um, but really as a teenager, I, I wanted something different in, in my life. My, my parents ended up losing their house to their $30,000 house to foreclosure when I was 17 years old. So, I mean, that just to kind of give you the financial uh, right. landscape that I came from, mm-hmm. but um, it was, it was in my early teen years, probably 14 or 15 that I, I decided I, I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. That was, that became a goal of mine. And, and, uh, the, the question that I asked was like, what is the path of least resistance to that? And to me, it felt like real estate. And I was always kind of intrigued by the, going back to what you said, that ability to, force appreciation, right? Like I can go in, I can buy something that's worth more than what it, what I'm paying for it. And I can do something to it to make it worth even more. Now I can, you know, I I can see a return faster this way than putting money in a stock market and hoping things work out. 
Mm-hmm. No, that's good. That's awesome. I love that. Um, so you, you've been at it the whole time since you're 20. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in, I, I've not like 20 years old. I got my real estate license. I went, uh, I did put my license on an active to sell real estate for a little while because I was doing a lot of wholesaling and yeah. that's time you didn't need a license to do that. In fact, it almost, it almost got in the way in some areas. Right. So I did put it on an active for a little while, came back in 2011, reactivated it. But even during that inactivation, it was because I was focused on real estate as a wholesaler rather than as a, uh, so more of in the investment side rather yeah. than the retail side. So you're, how old are you now? 20, uh, well, not 20, anything, uh, <laughs> 34. Awesome. Oh dude, you're still really young. I didn't know I was that much older than you. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I did, but I didn't. You're, you're in your third, early 30. You're cause you're 40. Yeah. I'm, 30s. Yeah, I'm 47. Seven. Okay. 47. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Cool. So we started doing stuff back then. Um, we had a pretty decent run for how long together? Uh, it was well, uh, two year, about three years, two, two, two years, something like yeah, that. Two, yeah. Two, yeah. Um, at that point we did, uh, we did a good bit of stuff. That was a good season for me. I, I'm because I was pastoring still. Right. Um, and you and I partnered together on real estate stuff and I was doing like, we did some, Maybe we should give some basic definitions, like some of the things, like we did some wholesales. Yeah. So what is wholesaling? Yeah. What is wholesaling? So, okay. Wholesaling um, and like jump in if I'm not making this succinct enough, but like wholesaling houses is basically when you're buying a property super cheap and then you sell it to an investor for a small spread. So meaning if you think about buying a cash for trash house, let's say, or a house that needs something, it needs to be fixed, it's distressed, it needs help, or maybe the, the sellers are in trouble and you buy it and you and you do a quick sale to an investor and then they go in and either rent it out or fix it up and rehab it and resell it. So that's when we think about wholesaling, that's kind of what that's the traditional thing, right? And and with a little additional clarity, you don't ever actually close on it yourself. Like you don't you you don't bring the you know you you buy a house that's that you know worth a hundred thousand dollars and you get it under contract for seventy five. Right. You don't actually bring the seventy five thousand dollars to closing. You find an investor that's willing to pay eighty thousand dollars for it. Right. Uh, they step in, they pay the seventy five, and then they give you the five. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And there are a lot of different legal and contractual ways to structure it. Sure. Things like that. And back then wholesaling and I still am doing You're doing some wholesaling where we're both doing some wholesaling and we're, and we've done some together, but um, I've been closing on most of mine. Uh, but yeah, we've done some. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, with, with, with houses, single family, um, but it's the, the laws are changed. Now back then it, there were some, it was a while maybe, yeah, maybe there were some incentives to not having a um, real estate license. Now you now, need one in yeah, order to do that. Yeah, in Oklahoma and one or two other states, you have to have a license to wholesale houses because right. of predatory practices in, in many places. Right. Um, and I think it's a good move, actually. And so we would recommend, I think we would formally say we definitely recommend you get your license at this point. If you're looking. Oh, if you're going to be wholesaling, you absolutely need your real estate license and you need to disclose. I mean, it's, it's, it's not there. There's been enough, you know, back in 2008, no one knew that term. Like, I mean, that, that was, but 
going back to another reason that I love real estate, there's always a strategy. There's right. always, it doesn't matter what the market is. Right. There's a strategy. And in 2008, I realized that the strategy wasn't retail. The strategy right. was wholesale. Like there's a, there's an opportunity there where a very mm -hmm. few amount of people have a lot of money to invest. And most right. people aren't investing. So right. you have to take a different strategy. And, I, and loans were harder at the, like, so this oh, was yeah. like at the tail end of the subprime crash, the loan yeah. crash, the subprime, like things were like tanked. And I got caught on both ends of that. So like I'm making at the time. And here's what I remember was like some of the houses you were calling on. I, at one time I had six houses or maybe eight houses under construction and I had three or four of them under contract. And that like that I had rehabbed, I had closed, I'd purchased them, had loans on them and I had construction crews that worked for me full time at 1.3 of them. And we had had, um, we had had them like under contract and then the subprime market crashed. So people couldn't get loans. So like I had buyers who couldn't close on their loans. So like every month I was like, they were changing the guidelines for mortgages and stuff. And so oh, yeah. it, was, it was, it was connected somehow around that time because I just remember. Yeah, that's right. One of the houses you called on was on in Southwest Oklahoma city on country Absolutely. club. Absolutely. And, and I remember that house. And so, and that was a house that I was like, holy moly. And so we, it was, it was challenging. So we, yeah. Uh, I want to say this because yeah. uh, when, when you finally, well, I had called a few different times and every time it was like, you know, no, no, you were yeah. respectful, but no. And yeah. uh, when you, when you came back and you're like, all right, listen, we, we need to meet and have coffee. I was thinking, here's this big time investor, you know, if we're going to meet, let's, you know, find a nice place to meet. And you're like, there's a McDonald's on 89th and uh, May. And I was like, I mean, okay, McDonald's it is. So, uh, but I, I think that it goes back to our, like, we're not hoity twitty about this. There it's, 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 no. it's, it's, we're pragmatic about this. So. Yeah. And the, and the reason I was, so I had, I'm glad I was, was I kind to you for real? Or are you just saying that because we're live on Facebook? No, I'm saying that because it's been 15 years. And to my knowledge, I remember you being nice. <laughs> so at the time I, I was, I don't know. I don't remember specifically being annoyed by your calls. However, I will say at that time, if you ever put a for sale by owner sign up, you would have about 15 realtors call or real estate agents call for every oh, yeah. potential buyer. Oh, and for sure. And I, and, and I, and so I would sort of get, you know, so full. I was like, listen, if you have a buyer that's ready to look at it and you have a contract with them that you're their buyer's agent, you could definitely look at the house. I will not be listing the house with you, you know? Yeah. And so that, at that time I, I had a little bit of an attitude about that sort of thing. Um, and my perspective at the time was, and of course now I, I'm older and not as opinionated, but <laughs> now I have more questions than answers. Um, yeah. but, <laughs> but at the time, at the time, my perspective was like, most agents that I know almost never sell anything. And so I don't want to work with them. I only right. want to work with, I only want to work with, uh, with someone who's like massively successful already. Right. And actually at the time I was working with a, a real, an agent that both of us know that now it works for the title company that you, the same office that you work in now, uh, oh. Devery, Devery was her name. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how I got no. to know her. So, so yeah. So I, I had bought, a number of houses from Devry. Okay. Um, with Keller Williams at your, at your, at your office. Yeah. And that's who I was buying from. And I had sold houses with her as well. And, uh, and so, uh, and so I was like, if I'm going to work with an agent, I want to work with someone who's like, like one of the 
5% people who's making 95% of the money. Right. I, you know, and so she had a team and. Well, and of course I had an objection handler to that because I've worked on my scripts yeah. and you're a hundred percent right. And one piece of advice that I would give is, yeah. you know, if you're, if someone's interested in getting into real estate, you have to, you have to understand that you're building a team yeah. and it, because you're not the only person that's responsible for your success, right? right. You're, your title company, you're, you're a realtor, your realtor is your deal finder in most cases, or you may have a wholesaler that you have a relationship with. Yeah. And it really is important that you, because not all of them are the same. And, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, and all of them will tell you that they are, but yeah. the fact of the matter is that they're just not. Yeah. Well, here's what I remember about your call. And I told my wife about it. Um, my wife, Christy, at the time, I said, I'm going to go meet with this guy is a, is a real estate agent. And I remember her saying, Stephen, you're just going to be annoyed. <laughs> and I said, no, no, listen, he, he's called me on multiple houses and he's really sharp on the phone. And, um, and, and here's what, here's why I decided to meet with you. You, I said, I said, bro, I, I want to encourage you. Like, I appreciate your hustle. And I appreciate your hard work. And I said, I, I've been doing this for a little while and I, like want to help, help how many yeah. yeah i said how many and you said help me out but i was thinking yeah that's just a line and maybe it was i don't know but you said i i said like how many deals have you closed in the last 90 days or something like that i and you said well here's the deal i'm just getting started but i have this much in the pipeline and all i'm doing all day every day is making calls so i'm definitely going to make it work like it was sort of like you were acknowledging I haven't done many deals. You know what I mean? You were but, asking the question, you're asking the wrong question, right? Like I wanted to like pivot you to asking, yeah. you know, because because somebody comes in and they're like, well, how many deals have you done, right? A great yeah. objection to that could be, right? Yeah. Now this is probably where I went with that. I don't really remember. Yeah. Would be like, do you want the person that's got 12 other clients that they're working with and really distracted? Or do you want the person that's going to focus on, on getting your household, which is someone who's going to be on the phones making these calls. Totally you know? accurate. Yeah. You said something like that. And I walked away from that call thinking he's really hungry. And I don't know if you use that language or not. It's one of my core values. If you go into my real estate office on the uh, wall, uh, hungry is at the very top. Okay. I told my wife, this guy, he's young and hungry. And I said, I just want to meet with him and see. So I, I, and then I feel like we, uh, I don't remember our first conversation, but I feel like we hit it off and I'm really thankful. for oh, the we, we did. And, and I mean, within a few months I was putting my real estate, yeah. I mean, within six months, I think I had my real estate license inactive yeah. and we were yeah. working together full time. So. And yeah. And it, yeah, we did some really we high did quite a bit. I mean, for 2008, when no one else was doing oh. anything, we were crushing oh, yeah. it. We, yeah. So. We were crushing it. And, and considering like you were still like kind of playing around and young and, oh, and yeah. I was, I was, the church and I was raising 20 years kids. old. Yeah, we were we were like we were both not putting in as much time as what well, right, you know. I mean, um, and we we made good money. I mean, like I paid off all my debt again during that season. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, we did. I don't know. We did. I mean, at one point we maybe wholesale four or five six houses in a month. I don't know. It would, yeah. we did a lot. We and, did quite a bit, and and so and what I'm hope you know to kind of tie this back yeah. to the the real investing show. Yeah. What I what I really hope is that as people are, are watching this, we're bringing up topics that 
allow people to feel more comfortable yeah. taking that step into real estate. Because I don't know how often I get people because, because I'm pretty out there because I help people with their primary sale. Yeah. And, they, and, and so I get people that are looking at it from that. And then I'm pretty open about being a real estate investor. I get people often reaching out asking to, Hey, can I grab a cup of coffee or can I borrow, you know, yeah. ask you questions about real estate. And what I've realized is, is there's a lot of people that are very, very interested in real estate. Yeah. And there's not a lot of people that feel really comfortable making that first step, right? That's, that yeah. is the hardest step is yeah, that totally. first one, because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And that scares people. And so people will sit on the edge of that. I don't know what I don't know. And so if we could, you know, uh, bring some kind of clarity or at least like comfortability to taking those, those, those steps to get started. Yeah. And that would be, that's, that would be what I love, would love to see from this. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, uh, what do we expect on this show in the future? Um, I hope we can just be real and just share what we're doing and what we have done. And um, it'd be great if like, if people have questions, I had people ask me about real estate all the time and I don't have the bandwidth or the time or maybe the patience sometimes to right. sit down in with someone. But if we can just kind of unpack that stuff here together um, and go ahead. No, I, I mean, I think that we can go. I mean, a few things is one, I, I hope that the viewers will be commenting and, and, and letting us know here are some areas that I'm, I'm curious about and I don't understand. Can you clarify this for me? Yeah. Um, two, uh, you know, I think that it's, it's what we're walking through that yeah. I want to be able to discuss, but you know, as we're, uh, walking through, you know, large multifamily or commercial deals, right. but also what we've walked through. Right. And, and, uh, because real estate really seems to be a progressive industry. You, you tend to continue to move up right? and, and into different challenges. But, you know, I, I would love to see, you know, we could do a, a, a an episode specifically on long-term rentals, specifically on short-term rentals, specifically on flipping. These yeah. are all things that you and I have a lot of. Yeah, we, yeah rehabbing or construction or Airbnb. Um, yeah. I don't have, I have zero experience in Airbnb, but I'm very interested in learning. Uh, our multifamily. We also hope to over time, we may have, we, we, we will have space over time for select people to get involved with us in, in an investing sort of way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so there are ways people could get involved uh, in terms of passive investing and things like that. Absolutely. And so, uh, but our hope is just to kind of uh, throw everything out there. And, and, you know, there are lots of courses out there on real estate. And um, just as a little side thought for me is like, it would be kind of fun just to give everyone the free stuff that we've learned because we've bought all the courses. Yeah. There's a lot <laughs> yeah. of courses out there that want to pay you charge a lot of money. It's like, come on for this. It's not necessary. And, uh, and so I, uh, I sort of a devious part of me is sort of like, we can give people enough free stuff and then I'll buy the, the courses from the fake gurus that are like, get rich, quick, you know, get rich, quick jokers. Right. And um, so, uh, but yeah, so um, if, um, yeah, maybe if some closing thoughts. If you're watching, just thanks. This is our first episode. Um, we've told a little bit about ourselves, a little bit about our background, and I'm sure we'll share more about that in the future. Um, 
different topics, please let us know. Um, reach out to me right now. You can reach out to me personally. Reach out to Taylor personally. I think yep. we've tagged both of us in this. Um, yep. And so let us know. Uh, eventually, we'll be uploading this to Spotify and different podcast uh, platforms and things like that. But we'd love to field your questions if you have questions um, or somebody's thinking, hey, how do I get involved in real estate or uh, actively or passively? Um, we'll love to help help out with that in, in any, you know, either investing or maybe even as a, you know, if you're looking to be an agent or something, that might be something uh, that we could at least give you some, you know, advising on that. Take away, you've got a book to read. Yeah, the book. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that's, that's a great foundational book to get started. Yeah, totally agree. I For me, by the way, you, Rich Dad, Poor Dad was your book. For me, Cashflow Quadrant was the one that did it. Okay, so, and that's Robert's second book, right? I don't know if it's first or second, but okay. I read Cashflow Quadrant first. Okay. And I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad later. But yeah, uh, but yeah so uh, so yeah. So for me, maybe just let's end this way, uh, a few takeaways, and then we can come back another time and talk more. But um, you want to just throw out there your, your top maybe two or three or one or two real estate books? Yeah, um, Rich Dad, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I do really like the long distance real estate investor. It gives some practical, um, how to build your team, what to look for in a good real estate agent and some of the things that we kind of touched on. Uh, and, and third, I'd say the millionaire real estate investor. Is that who wrote that? Gary Keller and oh. Jay Papazan. Yep. Okay. That book is at the top of my list. Um, I would say, I would say the, uh, rich dad, poor dad, cash flow quadrant, and then, um, the millionaire real estate investor by by uh, Gary Carroll Keller. So yeah, not real estate millionaire real estate investor. It's it it exclusively is sort of like traditional ways. He doesn't deal yeah. with a lot of creative ways. No creativity, but it's just like here is a path that you can go down that a lot of people have gone down and always mm -hmm. ends in success. Yeah, so, and it's, that book is like it kind of reads like a textbook. It's a little boring, but yeah. uh, I. I read every word of it like in 2006 or 2007. Yeah. Something like that. But um, Good one. yeah, interesting. We have the same kind of books. I also learned a lot from Ron Legrand back in the day. That was more like program-based stuff. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, but yeah, good stuff. So there's some homework, guys. Let us know if you have questions. Hit us up in the comments or tag us in something. And so thanks so much. Anything else uh, you want to say before we close, Taylor? <laughs> Uh, no, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. So thank you so much, Stephen. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to do all this. So uh, look forward to doing more, more, and more. Uh, God bless you guys. Thanks for watching. Please just like, comment, and share. Let your friends know about this. Send us some questions if you have them. See you later. Bye, y'all.